Hello, and welcome to the first episode of Black Girl Squee. I am Dee Dee, also known as Dust Daughter on Twitter. And I am Anda Lauren, also known as Indus Corner on Twitter. This is basically a podcast by, for, and about Black girls. Um, <laughs> Look, we got Squee in the name. Yeah, Squee! Squee! <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. That's a good Squee. Um, so, since this is the first episode and you probably don't know who we are, we're going to tell you a little bit about ourselves and then we'll just get into the proceedings. Um, so, um, Inda, please uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I am a writer, and uh, you can find some of my uh, works on uh, publications like For Harriet, Afropunk, The Butter, Exogene, and Fictions. I've also had pieces in um, Bitch Flicks, uh, Callaloo, and I think there's some things. Oh, yeah, Blackberry Magazine. Uh, currently, um, I'm working on a sci-fi series on my website called The Raven Moody Chronicles, and also working on a manuscript for a literary novel that I've been working on for like the past three years and still haven't finished even the first draft. And um, I also host a radio show on Mixcloud called uh, Cornerstone Press Presents The Black Swan Collective. So that's a lot, and um, <laughs> yes, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need that next chapter of the Raven Moody Chronicles <laughs> asexually. I'm gonna need that. Right. Yes. Um, and definitely check out her radio show because uh, she plays a lot of good shit. Um, as for me, I do not have all of those. <laughs> Um, uh, credits to my name. Um, I do like to write. Um, you can see some stuff I've blogged at um, imdustdaughter at dot wordpress dot com. Um, I tweet at dustdaughter, and I have a Tumblr, uh, imdust.tumblr.com. Um, if you've ever heard the shows Seize Up and uh, or a bleak outlook, um, then you may uh, remember me from those. If not, um, welcome to Black Girl Squee, and I hope you enjoy what we're doing here. This show is about uh, this show is about black girls, basically, and some of the positive stuff that we've got going on, um, which is a lot because. Um, I don't know if y'all know about it, but black girls are magic. Yes. So, <laughs> yes. So we're just going to talk about that because uh, you can find anything else. Um, you can find a lot of negativity anywhere on the Internet, out in if you just step out your front door. Um, if you if you want to find negativity, uh, surrounding or regarding black girls, you can find it anywhere else, but hopefully you won't find it here because um, that's not where we're trying to focus on. We're planning to do this show bi-weekly, um, knock on wood, knocking on um, my wooden brain here. We do talk about all kinds of media here, so um, as uh, Inda and I don't really 
have much feelings for spoilers, um, to put it mildly. Um, so, and I frankly think that um, uh, avoiding spoilers ruins a great uh, conversation or critique about a piece of media or a piece of art. Yes. So, our spoiler policy is basically that we spoil. This whole yes. podcast has a spoiler warning. You have been forewarned um, about spoilers. Right. So don't get mad. <laughs> but if you do get mad, um, feedbacks welcome at twitter.com slash blackgirlsquee, all one word. Um, and um, later on, when we get some uh, episodes under our belt, I'll... Um, submit this feed to iTunes and hopefully folks will review and uh, rate and give us feedback there. But um, it's hard to send something to iTunes when you don't have anything up yet. <laughs> that said, um, that's our most of our housekeeping. Um, so let's get started on our Black Girl Squee news. Um, First, we're going to talk about Miss Brittany Bree Newsom, who is just uh, the embodiment of uh, black girl squeeze, black heroism, uh, just um, uh, everything good you want to say about black girls. Um, uh, If you've been under a rock the past few week, the past week, uh, Bree Newsom is the young woman who scaled the flagpole at the Capitol building in South Carolina and took down that uh, nasty Confederate flag. Um, She was um, later then told to um, come down from the flagpole uh, so she could um, uh, be arrested. She was charged with defacing a monument um, along with her partner, uh, partner in crime, I guess, uh, James Tyson. Yeah. Um, but um, there was a crowdfund set up, and she made bail in um, less than a day. Yes, she made more than a bail in less than a day. Which is awesome. Yeah. Because uh, you don't usually see that kind of support uh, given to uh, black women. No. Um, and especially in that short amount of time. Right. So, so great turnaround, folks. Good job. Yep. Um, now, if you could also, you know, help fund Julie Dash's new project and. Um, <laughs> that would be awesome. Nala Julie- Hopkinson's. And, oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that would just be terrific. Yeah. Slide some of those dollars right on over. Yep. Uh, <laughs> But um, speaking of um, artists like Hopkinson and uh, Julie Dash, uh, Newsom is also an artist and a filmmaker. Um, she graduated from the Tisch School of Arts uh, in, uh, uh, at New York University with a bachelor's uh, in film and television. And she's been active in political organizations since high school. So it kind of makes sense for her to be involved with the Black Lives Matters, Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and, and 
you can find out more about her at her website, which is her name, BrieNewsome.com. And I also just wanted to mention that her short film uh, is called Wake. She made that in 2010, in case you really want to check that out. Yeah. So Google that and get into it. Um, continue to support her because she's getting, you know, hate online um, from people and she's being, um, people are trying to defame her character, um, call her out, out her name, you know, try to, I think I saw somebody try to um, say that she was a stripper or something. Yeah, well, I think part of, I don't know if somebody like explicitly said, I'm sure someone did, but I didn't see that. But what I did see there, um, you know, how people do a meme and they put, you know, her on one side and uh, actually this must be where it came from. They put her on one side of the stripper on one and said, you know, talking about the right or wrong way to climb a pole. But it's like, and I don't know, I kind of think that that's somehow how it got turned into people are like, oh, well, she was a stripper before. But I'm like, uh, and <laughs> Like, oh my God! Yeah, I'm like takes pretty much the same set of skills anyway. But then she, you know, she, you know, said, no, her life isn't that interesting. You know, she didn't strip, but you know, she had, you know, who cares? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, why even bother? That I know. Was just, that was just <laughs> unnecessary and unproductive. Yeah. yeah. But but like I said, that's what you'll find. Um. Uh. Like, we can't win. Yeah. And people, uh, other criticism that I'm just really upset about, people are like, oh, she um, broke the law. She, you know, defaced property. Talking about that and actually the um, the vandalization of these, you know, Confederate statues. And people are actually more upset about these things than they are about people being killed. And churches burning. Yes. Can so, we talk about churches burning? That's vandalism. Yeah, that's uh, freaking arson. Yeah, and it's also potentially you can also potentially kill people too. Yes. Yeah, spray painting that, a statue and taking down a flag to don't hurt anyone. Basically. Um, yeah, unless you know, of course, she fell, but fortunately, she didn't. But, no, she had somebody spotting her. She yeah, could. and she learned how to climb. So. Uh, yeah. She had. She had gear and everything. Yeah. The girl was ready. Yeah, I'm just so glad they pointed that out. It's like she had her equipment. He had his, um, what is it, a reflector um, vest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they could be seen. They, you know, like I said, they planned it. They had, they were prepared. So, and also, they were, you know, ready to face the consequences of it. You know, that's the one thing that I noticed that, like, black activists and, like, people of color who do activism do. They always prepare for the consequences. We don't run out of the country. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> well. Put it all out there. Yep. Go yeah, ahead. No, like she's like you heard her say. She's I'm prepared to be arrested. You know, you, you clearly hear her say that. And she, you know, she was ready to take that. You know, take that chance. And, yeah. You know, have to admire her for it. Yeah. Yeah, she was she was not trying to get shot that day. No. She's like, all I want to do is take down this symbol of hate. Yes. Yeah. And um, then come on down and, you know, I'll deal with the consequences of my actions. Unlike, yeah. unlike most people, like you said. Um, so... She was she was ready. It was an act of civil disobedience. And yes. Your favorite activists 
have also probably got charges in their past yes for the same yes. thing so don't even throw at martin luther king yes or anybody else in my face they all have charges for uh for civil disobedience on their yes. record yeah it's also a lesson in actually how to do civil disobedience because if you um you know i see the um training that people did like back in the 60s when they were going to sit-ins and things like that they had to learn <laughs> that yeah you could get hit you know so you could get assaulted you know people could pour you know food and things on you you go to this sit-in people had to learn that you know it wasn't just like oh <laughs> let's just all decide it you know like an hour before let's just all go and you know do this like these things are planned yeah i mean for protests you have to fill out paperwork and yeah. get um, licenses and yeah. stuff like that. It's not just a whole bunch of people tweeting each other and saying, let's meet down yeah. um, on 16th Street yeah, that's and a flash mob. protest in front of the White House. Yeah, that is a flash mob. That is not a protest. I don't <laughs> like flash mobs. I don't have anything against them, but, you know, there's a difference. So, yay, Bree, my new, new heroes. You are so worthy of all that artwork portraying you as Wonder Woman. <laughs> And every other superhero. That was yeah, that's and wonderful. This comes to show you black women get shit we do. done. We do. And yes. that's why we're worthy of the squee. Squee. <laughs> um so another squee worthy moment, uh, that affects a lot of uh black women. Um marriage equality. Yes. Yay. Um the Supreme Court of the United States made um same-sex marriage legal in all 50 states like they they sent down the the ruling just in time for pride so people could get their party on um right after they got married so yeah um, congratulations to them um and you know on top of this great ruling and um everybody's happiness over it you get to make conserv you get to watch conservatives be mad Yes. Oh, oh my gosh, girl! I just read, you know, on my Facebook, there was a, um, uh, I think it was a clerk's office in Tennessee. Um, unfortunately, my home state. Uh, everybody quit (laughs) over marriage equality, and the person who posted it, they just put job openings on it. (laughs) Yeah, like the entire office quit. I'm like, good for them. We just found the biggest. Well, I hope a whole bunch of queer people take them jobs. Me too. I know. <laughs> that would just be the icing. <laughs> Not only am I getting married, I got a new job. Yes. I got a new government job and job security. That's good. <laughs> Look at God. <laughs> that would just be delicious. Yes. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> ooh, get them good government jobs. Go ahead. Yeah, exactly. You know, get your health care. For real. For real. Um, Because honestly, things like that is actually something that does keep people from getting married who actually want Mm -hmm. to. But it's like, yeah, get get the government job or you have your health benefits. You don't have to worry about losing them if you you get married or whatever. Just (laughs) please take those jobs. And that's why, and people, yes, all these folks that are like you know marriages between a man and a woman and all that kind of stuff they and you know bringing up the bible they don't realize that marriage is a different it's a different thing in this country 
it comes with other protections and yeah. benefits other than anything that's listed in the Bible. So, yeah. and that's what people are fighting for. They want those protections. Yeah, exactly. Um, they want to be able to see their spouse in the hospital. Yeah, exactly, exactly. They want to be able to cover that spouse with benefits. Mm-hmm. They yes. want the tax write-offs that married that straight married people get. So yes. it's just a lot of things that people aren't thinking about, and or maybe they are thinking about and they don't want those same privileges to be extended to same-sex yeah, uh, people or uh, transgender people. Um, yeah. I'm like- I just don't understand why. Basically, <laughs> why you have an opposition? I mean, it don't like, affect how does you. it make anything? Yeah, I'm like, how does that diminish anything you already have if somebody else gets it too? How? It's the argument that has um, kept conservatives going all all through time, I suppose. Um, well, no, conservatives, though, they didn't really start doing, you know, like those types of issues until around about the 80s with the Reagan administ- administration because they realized they weren't getting people, you know, to love them on social issues the way that the Democrats were. So while Democrats are, you know, kind of working more on like socialist issues and things like that, Republicans latched on to the Christian fundamentalists, you know, the Christian, you know, so-called right. And that's kind of like where that whole thing just kind of rose, of this whole link. And I'm like, it thing is, it doesn't make sense to me because in the Constitution we have, you know, separation of church and state. You cannot force your religious views, your religious position on people. Yes, I was just about to say. And that. no one seems, yeah, people don't seem to realize that. Like you are free to practice, you know, your religion and things like that, but you can't. The government cannot, you know, make you know people follow you know religious mandates. Respect, you know, whether or not they believe it or not, they can't do it. You know. I was just about to say that's why the whole link between conservatism and the Christian right is just a, a giant L in the making because of separation yes. of church and state. Yes. But people don't seem to realize that. People seem to think that you can, you should be able to legislate your uh, religious beliefs, which, mm. um, no. And go through mental gymnastics to do it. Yeah. That made me think of Bobby Jindal for uh, some reason, <sighs> but we can't get into that because we're squeeing right now. Yeah. So, oh, <laughs> please don't make me think about that man. It's like... <laughs> Her at the mention of his name. He is the Dominique Dawes of mental gymnastics over this stuff. So, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on swiftly. (laughs) Moving on swiftly. Okay, but yay, marriage equality. You want to get married to whoever your partner is, please go get that paper. Be happy for the rest of your life. I really hope you are. And get your legal protections. And next up, uh, we've got a whole slate. I'm. I mean, next up for um, queer activists, we got we got to get um, more protections oh, yes. for transgender people. Definitely, that, more protections for transgender people. Um, recognition of bisexual people, that you know, asexual people who actually exist. You know, the whole spectrum, all of that. You know, at least first acknowledge you know that exists. And uh, but but that's down the line. We really we have to yeah. focus. 
on trans issues now. There's I mean, like, even if we start with trans issues, just start with, like, basic things like, you know, bathrooms, you know, just basic human, you know, rights, yeah. human decency that way. Yeah. Um, pr- Could we? Protection mm-hmm. from discrimination in the workplace, protection from yeah. violence. Because, Please. Because trans people are dying out here. Yeah. Uh, it's like when I'm on Tumblr, every time I see a photo set and I re- realize it's, especially if it's trans women of color, I always think it's going to be trans women who were murdered. And it just gets really, really heavy. And I'm like, you know, at least get to the point where we can protect, you know, trans people, you know, just to be safe and be who they are. Yeah, where safety, safety is number one. So... There's no more excuses. You've got you won marriage equality. Um, people are still trying to find loopholes, yes, mm-hmm. but that 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 issue is pretty much settled. We have to move on and yes. focus on trans issues. Yes, there's just no more. There's no excuses anymore. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I don't have a segue, but um, Janet's back. Uh, this past week, or was it the week before, she dropped her new single, No Sleep? And tour dates as well. Oh, yeah. Um, the tour dates were kind of perplexing to me, because they didn't have a lot of big cities in it. Like, Really? There were no New York dates, no D.C. dates. Um, really? None. You had dates for, like, oh. uh, North Carolina and stuff like that. And... Um, Tennessee and stuff like that so this is you you have to be reminded this is the first leg so I guess they're just trying to see what interest is out there and whether or not they can still sell out Uh, it's Janet Jackson that's what I'm saying but (laughs) for some reason they're being tentative as fuck but um, hopefully you know if people sell out these dates We'll get the New York City dates and the D.C. dates. Because I'm really not trying to drive all the way to North Carolina for some Janet. I love you, girl. But no. That's interesting. But I'm kind of when you mentioned North Carolina. And then, like, you know, after Charleston just happened, I'm like, I'm wondering if she's trying to go into those spaces and, you know, show support in her way. Possibly. I kind of wonder that. But thing is, though, that would include New York. Yeah. That hmm. would include like St. Louis. Let me let me let me go back yeah. over it and let's see these dates. Yeah, she's got dates in Grand Rapids, Michigan, Cincinnati, Ohio, wow. Raleigh, North Carolina, Charlotte, North Carolina, Miami, Florida, Sanford. You know, maybe it's um she's trying to get to places like people like she wouldn't usually do like people, you know who probably usually couldn't get out to, you know, the, the bigger places and maybe, like, right. maybe give them a chance, you know. I mean, now she's been, what, doing this for 30-something years and like, okay, yeah, I've done, you know, the big places. I mean, I'm pretty sure there are people who weren't able out to make it to, out to Detroit or New York or, you know, L.A. Maybe they want to see, too. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe she's being yeah. considerate. I mean, it's, I'll put it this way. It's not like she really needs the money or anything. <laughs> she's married to right, a billionaire. Right. So she yeah, can take these chances and say, okay, well, I'll go to this smaller place and, you know, because I know I have a fan base there. Yeah. But it's, yeah, these are not 
I mean, the cities may not be the big cities you're thinking of, yeah. but these are bi- these are big arenas, yeah. like the Amway Center in Orlando, Florida. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's like that's you, where the Orlando Magic play. Yeah, but and, you would think, you know, you would go to like New York and L.A. and those places first. You would think. Yeah, I mean, she's got Las Vegas. Oh shoot, a couple of dates oh. there. Yeah. San Francisco. Yeah, Las Vegas San is already Diego. sold out. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm sure Las Vegas already sold out. Like Santa Barbara? Like she's avoiding L.A. altogether on this first leg. Oh, Salt oh. Lake City, Kansas City, Missouri. Oh, wow. So she is going to Missouri. Okay. Uh, she is going to St. Louis. Okay. okay. she going to Memphis? And, uh, yes. Okay, yeah. Memphis is huge. Mm-hmm. And going to, um, she's going to New Orleans. Oh. She's going to Omaha, Nebraska. Oh, so these dates are just, yeah, oh. they kind of made me go, huh? Yeah. So, but you know, uh, she's spreading, she's spreading it out. I'm like, that's that's actually good. I mean, I'm pretty sure if I were, <laughs> the thing is though, if I were still like <laughs> in the position I was a while ago, I probably still wouldn't make it because everything's still too far out for me. But oh, right. she's gonna sell out everywhere. Yeah. So and then we're and then after they announced that all the. The dates are sold out. Then they'll announce the second leg. Yeah. And I'll be like, good. Here we yeah. go. So. So, um, yeah, Janet's going to be good. Um, and this is important because, you know, without Janet, we wouldn't have Beyonce. Exactly. We wouldn't exactly. have, like, a lot of these women out here that are kind of, um, pop icons yeah and, exactly um pushing the boundaries mm-hmm. musically and uh taking control of their careers and stuff so um she's the goat um she got an award oh yeah the bt awards i didn't i didn't see the ceremony yeah i didn't but, either uh, I, I watched a lot of tweets yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was good enough. Yes, apparently she's the first recipient of the Ultimate Icon Award at the BET Awards. And, you know, honestly, whenever I see things like that, it makes me happy because I am always so happy that it's a black woman that's being honored. And if anybody deserves that, she does. Um, she was also, like, the first recipient of, you know, the Icon Award from MTV years ago. And it was the same thing. I was just so happy to see a black woman get that honor. Right. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, I'll have to admit that I haven't always been there for, you know, throughout a career. Like the Janet period years, the, you know, post that period, I kind of, you know, wasn't in her, you know, I was in my hotel phase. And, oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was hotep as hell, but you know, so like right after Rhythm Nation, I kind of fell off of her for a bit. But thing is, though, she just kind of reinvented herself a bit, you know, because of course it was through her sexuality. But there were like a lot of her music I just kind of wasn't here for, but still I would still recognize the contributions she made, you know, to music because it's like like you said, you don't have Beyonce without her, you. Excuse me, all of these um, girls who kind of use, you know, their sexuality or just kind of like a new grown sexy image to reinvent themselves. That was her, you know, you have yeah. to give that to her. her. But. 
and and not just use it, but just express themselves yeah, freely exactly. in that kind of way. Yeah. Um, like, and they're not they're not doing it for the focus is not on guys. Yeah. The gaze is not there. Yeah. It, it's their gaze, yeah. their their viewpoint. Like um, Rihanna. Yeah. Um, it's not. She's not doing this for the male gaze. She's um, trying to shift that point, yeah. that, the, the perspective. Yeah. And Janet did it first. Yeah, exactly. So. Yeah. Um, so glad she's back. What do you think of the new single? I like it. You know, it's just real mellow. It's real, you know, smooth. Yeah, it creeps up on yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. So. Yeah, you you played a new, you played a few times. Like I played it a few times, just um on the way to work and stuff yeah. like that. And yeah, it gets in your head, yeah. and then mm-hmm. you know when you least expect it, you're like humming it, mm-hmm. singing yeah. it, and stuff like that. So yeah, it's it's one of those creeper singles, kind of like um that's the way love goes, which is mellow. Mm-hmm. But it slowly got into yeah. You know, so I put it this uh, way: that's the way love goes. When I started, kind of that's the one I kind of wasn't into. But when I hear the um the instrumental jazz version, that was the one I liked. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I like the music on it. But yeah, like off that album, though, I think like my favorite was "You Want This." That was my song. <laughs> oh my gosh! I oh my god! I love the Janet album so much. I was like. I was, cause I, I was freaking out when you said you you kind of lost touch after yeah, cause uh, Rhythm Nation, cause Janet was like the best album. Right. Oh my god. Um, gosh, If was an awesome song. Yeah. I like um, the body that loves you. Uh, for some reason, I love that song. Um, um what else? Uh, Funky Big Band. <laughs> that was I just, I like that song too. Um, I mean. They yeah, they had a bunch of great songs on it. That was such a good album. Um, so yeah, uh, and Velvet Rope had "I Get So Lonely." Yeah, with Blackstreet. The jam. Yeah. Oh God, that song is so good. Yeah. And "God Till It's Gone," which is yeah. also like See, like I said, I was in hotel phase. I couldn't admit I liked it. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> You missed out some. You missed out on some good yeah. shit. Yeah, um, because the thing when I hear the singles, I'm like, okay, I, yeah, but she's just so. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, I got past that. No, I get lonely with my shit though. <laughs> God, that song is so good. Anyway, and like, oh, you need to hear um, B. Slade cover that joint. He sings it live. Ooh. Good God, he destroys it. Anyway, um. <laughs> It it is yeah. Just look it up. Just B dot Slade. I get I get so lonely. Um, Woo. Anyway, Uh, Janet, um, um, she is forty nine years old, still still doing it. You know, just showing. I'm like this. Why when I saw that quote, um, somebody put on Twitter uh, um, this past week. It's like Tina Turner when she announced her retirement. She said, "I can't keep up with Janet Jackson." And I'm like, "That's my womanism." Yes. That is my womanism <laughs> right there. Badass black woman acknowledging another black woman for being badass. That is my womanism. Yeah. yeah. And she got a, I mean, I just saw the pictures of her at the BET Awards. She does not look 49. No, she still looks the same she did 20 years ago. Cheekbones popping. Mm-hmm. 
just uh just gorgeous smile yeah. just oh yeah. god oh my gosh i'm so yeah. ready for her to okay. just kill it on the so tour. janet i had all my apologies for sleeping on you during my hotel phase you, know, you did not deserve that no, you deserve all the awards you're getting now, and I am so behind you on that, and I understand why we all still just love you everywhere I meet. You are the ultimate icon, so. Squee! And she got, and she's back, to, working back uh, together with uh, Jimmy Jam material. Oh! So this album is gonna be bomb. Oh, okay. Period. End of, end of discussion. It's gonna yes. be bomb. I can't wait. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, you want to take this? One? Okay. So, also, sweet wedding news. Um, like you said before, unless you've been under a rock, you will know that Missy Copeland has been promoted to the principal dancer at the American Ballet Theater. She is the first black woman to achieve this. Yay. Yes, congratulations to her. Um, she's um, really been at the forefront of uh, drawing new audiences to ballet um, through social media, through YouTube videos, through her autobiography. Um, yeah, I think she's got. She's, she's, toured. she's working on a book. Yeah, that's what you just said. She's working on a book. Sarah. Yeah, and um, she's already. Um, uh, had a best-selling um, biography about mm-hmm. her, um, and um, um, she's toured with artists like Prince, which gave her, you know, more visibility yes. outside of the ballet world and drew new fans in. Um, so she's just been very savvy about using um, social media and pop culture yes. to um, uh, draw in new fans yes. and. Even the next generation of black ballerinas. Yes. So, and um, also to make that achievement significant, she's 32, and at 32 you're supposed to be too old to be a principal dancer. But she just shows you now you're not 32 isn't too old to be a principal dancer or in a prestigious ballet. Right. Um, she was. They were telling her when she first started uh, yeah. ballet that she was too old. They said she had the wrong body. Yeah, which is something that they tell a lot of um, black women aspiring to be ballerinas. So she's um, breaking barriers in that way as well. Yes. Um, I think I think um, Janet Jackson was even told that um, because you know, God bless mm-hmm. her, she do have she do have fetish. <laughs> um, so. So, but, so when she was taking uh, ballet classes as a child, you know, they would make fun of her for that. They would, um, you know, uh, chastise her for that. It's like she can't help how she's built. Exactly. <laughs> and she can. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, can she do the problem? moves? <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's what we need. So, to, that's what we need to worry about, about right? right? Yes, I mean, yeah. So, so. Uh, I wish I had thought of that before. That would have been a good segue. But anyway, um, <laughs> so, but but this is an honor that few um, black dancers get, even fewer black women. Um, and what this means is that she'll get more respect within the ballet world. Um, she'll get better pay and bigger roles. Um, 
hopefully lead roles uh, with the American Ballet Theater and of course more visibility so um, props to her Mm -hmm. she's worked hard for this honor um, and this is this is wonderful for uh, her fans and for um, other aspiring black ballerinas out there Congratulations, Misty Copeland. It just really make me wish I had more access to ballet and all the other stuff I love. I can't afford to go to. I really want to see her live before I die. I guess now that um, it's starting to become more diverse, uh, I guess the next topic is um, to the uh, next focus would be to make it more accessible to, because um, you got to create. You've got to create the next generation of fans, yes, and supporters. So, and you can't do it if you make the prices prohibitive. So, yeah, exactly. Um. So, um, moving on to something that you may wonder whether it's squee worthy, but it's squee worthy because she made a choice. Yeah, and she had. She had the choice, uh, and um, unfortunately for us, but um, good for her, um, Ava DuVernay turned down um, the director uh, job for Black Panther. She said she, oh. yeah, she met <laughs> with uh, Kevin Feige at uh, Marvel, and they didn't see eye to eye on the story. She didn't get into specifics. She just yeah. said that there were issues with regard to story and perspective, mm-hmm. which makes me think that they're trying to find some way to make this about something other than um, Black Panther. They're going to shift the focus away from the obvious, you know, black mm-hmm. black focus of the story and the picture and um this is just the first hint that they about to fuck this movie up yeah i mean wow i mean I, I, <laughs> oh my god i'm so I mean, disappointed just, she would have been perfect she would have been yeah perfect. i just wanted this to happen at least just to give her you know one, help give her a, you know, a good payday, one, you know, to give her, you know, more exposure, because, I mean, Catherine Bigelow shouldn't be the only, you know, woman in Hollywood who makes, you know, so, well, I'll just say, you know, non-women's films. She shouldn't be the only one. And then, like, Ava DuVernay, you know, she definitely should have been given that shot, and I didn't like the way they had to have, you know, fucked this up for her to turn it down has to be phenomenal. And um, she would have been perfect. It was what my own, I figured the only chance to integrate some actual black women into yes. the, the movies of the MCU. Yeah, because it's like, you know, there's not, they don't really have any plans, you know, for, you know, a uh, a black woman, you know, standalone or, you know, in a prominent role in anything. I mean, so, I, quite honestly, I want you to have some black women as supporting characters in, 
you know, Black Panther, at least just to get, you know, some visibility, you know, the Black women in the Marvel Universe. Just any at all would be better than what we've got now, yeah. which is damn near nothing. Yeah. So that's probably out the window mm-hmm. um, because who knows who they're going to get. Some no-name white director yeah. uh, who will fuck Wakanda up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll, I just, it's, I'm just... I'm just mad thinking about it. It was a great opportunity, but Marvel has to be, has to do things Marvel's way. And instead of cooperating with uh, a brilliant um, auteur and working with her to make this um, better, I mean, this could have been something on par with Cap 2 as far as. Um, the quality of movie that it wasn't it wasn't just a good Marvel movie but it was also it stood on its own yeah it could have been that way and, that, and I don't think it will yeah. be without her yeah, and that's the thing the thing is though Marvel can afford to take chances I mean they have been dominating you know some of blockbuster for like the past four or five years now I mean they can afford to take the chance they don't want to they must not. I mean, I mean, like seriously. I mean, they have to know by now that they have a pretty substantial, you know, black audience, you know, for these films, and well, you know, we want to go see them and all, but just to not give us, you know, this, it's just, it's really pretty insulting. I mean, come on. I mean, I'm kind of thinking what they'll do. They'll probably, they probably will, you know, end up with a black man on it. But I'm like. Black, black people are men and women and more. <laughs> you know, black, black doesn't, doesn't always equal black male. Yeah. Um, but it does in this universe. Uh, uh, apparently. And I don't know, they're probably going to get somebody like... I, I've, I've seen a lot of people talk about Reginald Hudland, who mm-hmm. wrote the most recent... One of the recent um, popular runs of Black Panther. Oh, he did. Oh, that's, that's right, because he was um, yeah. part of the, the animated um, series that was on BET, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. It was based on his his run of comics. Oh. Um, that mini that mini series. So, um, um, you know, sad for Marvel fans who were really looking forward to this movie. Um, but it's good that she had the choice. Yeah. I mean, she's off working on another movie right now, yeah, so it's no skin off her back. Yeah. So, you know, well, okay, well, sorry that didn't work out, Ava. You know, we'd have loved to have had you at the helm of that, but, you know, if it didn't work out, it didn't work out. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, this was, this is, yeah, I'm about done. <laughs> yeah. With that with that fandom anyway yeah. so oh. this was my last this is the last hurrah yeah. <laughs> for me and the MCU mm-hmm. um, so long and thanks for all the fish exactly. but, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, in more squee worthy news and more make a mad news uh, Rihanna debuted her video for her song um Bitch, but I have my money. 
and white feminists are now livid. And guess what? Oh. I love it. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. They're they're posting think pieces at like you know thirty miles per hour or whatever. They're like all the think pieces, but I don't. I haven't read any of those. I have read a couple of the ones written. Yeah, you, you read, read the same, same ones I wrote. Black you women. read the same ones I read. Yeah. <laughs> so um, which which were illuminating and um you know made me think about some things yeah. but the one um i the one i mean it stuck the points that stuck with me were that you know why certain um feminists are up in arms about mm-hmm. this is because basically because hit dogs will holler yeah um was basically the point that I got from um the Black Girl Dangerous post. Yeah. Basically, um kind of one of the messages of that video was this white woman is in the way of a black woman's um well being her well being, mm-hmm. her safety, yeah. um which is her money. Yeah. So get her out of the way and then deal with the bigger um, target. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's basically a prop mm-hmm. and she's dangled on wires, you know, yeah. um, she's topless. Um, there's just very little regard <laughs> yeah. for her person <laughs> in this video. None. And Rihanna's just in the background rolling her eyes and not giving a fuck which is something that she's um an expert at yeah exactly and you know people are you know white feminists are up in arms because she's not worshiping yeah this white exactly like the rest of society um treats white women and um she's going for hers first yeah and yeah, that's so. Um, that's what really hit me with that um, the Black Girl Dangerous uh, piece. That you know, just the historical context of the relationship between Black women and white women, and how uh, this revenge fantasy kind of um, plays out against not only white men but uh, white women. Right. right. And um, so that was just an illuminating piece. And um, these piece for oh, yeah. Nerdgasm yeah. Noir just um, basically points to um, the fact that these think pieces don't have an intersectional analysis about them. Right. It's just people freaking out about the wild, the violence against uh, a white woman's body. Right. Mm-hmm when I mean when you think I mean you can't if you tried to count the number of instances of violence against a black woman's body that were treated to in media you would run out of fingers in minutes seconds thank you (laughs) yeah so where the where the think pieces about that especially from white feminists crickets I mean, yeah, yeah so something is, though, I'm not, not even really that big of a Rihanna fan. fan. 
thing is, like, a lot of our music, I can just let go by. When this song first came out, I just thought it was funny, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just like now, you know, seeing the video, and it's like, you know, I can understand, you know, like, how dangerous she says she doesn't even really like the violence in it, because, you know, it just doesn't appeal to her. I kind of like hyperviolence at, at certain points, because, you know, it's cathartic, you know, and sometimes I could just use it. But it's like here, you know, in this context, I'm not going to, you know, criticize for it because I'm like, you give Quentin Tarantino a pass on that. You give Martin Scorsese a pass on that. You give all of these white dudes a pass on that. But then you want to go, you know, and attack, you know, Rihanna you know, because, you know, this is a, for, for a revenge fantasy that isn't even really happening. She just, you know. Wants to, she just wants to get this out because you know she's she's been wronged, and so this is kind of how this plays out, you know, for her. But I'm like, it's you know, it always says to me, you know, says so much to me about who you you know, who you have a privilege over, who you will come for, so they all come for her. But you bet none of them will come after Quentin Tarantino, none of them will come after any of these white guys who do the exact same thing too much. To, 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 you know, to much bigger extremes, you know, than she did. I mean, why can't we? Why can't we have our revenge fantasies? Yeah. You know, play, played out on yeah. screen. Why not? Yeah. We should have our revenge fantasies, our power fantasies. Yeah. Um, even if we don't have a lot of power, but she has power, and um. This is not the first time that she's dealt with violence yeah. uh, in her videos. I mean, if you look at the man yeah, yeah, video, exactly. which is a gorgeous video, um, despite, you know, she shoots yeah. somebody. And and um, there's a there's intimations of, of um, sexual mm-hmm. assault in in the video, which is, you know, spoiler, why she shoots the man down. Mm-hmm. Um so, but so she's dealt with, you know, violence and, you know, fantasies of revenge before. Yeah. Um, so I don't, but at that time it was a black man that got exactly. shot. So I guess, so I guess, yeah, there it, there it is. And the thing so is though, they, they were, were justifying that like, oh, well, well she, she, you see, see her contemplating, contemplating it and you know, just being uh, something about the way they justified it, you know, because that made it okay. But I'm like, uh, well, what's the difference here? Somebody's done her wrong and supposed to, you know, whatever. I'm like, oh my God, like I said, the mental gymnastics people do. It's just astounding. Yeah. So, um,. <clears throat> Kudos on an interesting video that um, brought about a lot of debate and controversy, yep. which she's good for, and made people mm-hmm. mad, which she's also good yep. for. Um, so, you know, kudos to her for that. And um, <laughs> so as long as it sells for her and gets her yep. some money, because... <laughs> That's what she's about. If I had capacity, I'd do the same thing. So. I'm I'm not hating at all. Yeah. So, and it.
ends up being like the theme song for freelancers everywhere. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Freelance writers love this song. Um, so <laughs> just send that. Just send that to people after you um, when you're trying to collect your checks for pieces. Yes. <laughs> just send an MP3 of this. <laughs> <laughs> see how long it takes before. Like, yeah, when are going to need your services now? You keep sending us an MP3 bitch for that, my money, and it's just really making us uncomfortable. No, actually, feel like you keep sending us the video. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I had I had to go call my wife and make sure she was where um she was supposed yeah. to be. If <laughs> she should not send up there somewhere with Hannibal. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, they took they took her through so many changes. Lord, for a second there they had her looking like weekend at Bernie's. I was like I was like, did they really kill this bitch? <laughs> no, they knocked her over the head with a bottle though. Cause she was about to call out to the police. I was like, Lord. Oh, Rihanna just don't care. She does no, not but care. But I have to give it to her because she put Hannibal in it, a dude who's known you know, for a show where he tortures and kills people and eats them, and now he's being tortured. Yeah. I'm like, I was like, that was yeah, good. I'm like, that was you good. have to, no matter what you say about Twitter, you have to admit that was, that was an awesome twist. So, yeah. So, Talk about a power fantasy yeah. when you get one over on somebody who plays the yeah. cannibal. Um, that's ultimate power fantasy. Yeah. Go ahead. All girl. right. <laughs> um, so another um, controversial artist, I suppose, um, but brilliant uh, all the same, uh, Nina Simone. Um a uh, new documentary featuring her was released on Netflix. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what What Happened in Miss Simone? I uh, think directed by Liz Garland. Or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so it features commentary from her ex-husband, from her daughter, Lisa Simone Kelly, um, from... I think one of her managers. Yeah, yeah one, one of her, her musical director, director um, one, one of the daughters, daughters in the Shabazz family. Yeah, because her her daughter um, spent a lot of time with um, um, Malcolm X's uh, yeah. daughters and Betty Shabazz's daughters. Um, Betty Shabazz was her godmother. Yeah, they were yeah, they, they were all family. family. Like that. So, yeah, I didn't know that. So. Uh, um, it's it's an interesting documentary. I mean, it can't be comprehensive. Yeah. Um, no, no documentary is, um, which just, and I think that, you know, there's room for several documentaries that focus on different things. I would love to see one that focused solely on mm-hmm. the music and her her genius, um, not just when it comes to um uh, playing the piano, she was a classical yeah. pianist, um, trained as a classical pianist, but also, and what she, what that brought, what that sensibility brought to her jazz mm-hmm. music, um, 
like they touched on it toward the end of the movie yeah. but I mean I would like more focus on that on not just that but also the songs that she mm-hmm. wrote and also you know the sort the her interpolations of other people's songs and the um like um a poem Come on, come on, internet. A poem from William Waring Cooney uh, called um, No Images. She took that poem, um, turned it into a song. Um, It's the poem that starts, She does not know her beauty. She thinks her brown body has no glory. Um that poem she turned into a song so the way that she takes um interpolates other people's um mm. art turns it into music i mean just yeah. all of that that could be a documentary yeah, that's true. in my opinion but um i'm always i always think that um documentaries focus too much on the drama mm-hmm. and not enough on the art but yeah, in this case, there was just so much drama, you couldn't yeah. avoid it. Um, but in a way, though, I kind of did enjoy that because she's not someone I knew a whole lot about um, personally. And so kind of learning, you know, these things about her it did just kind of help me understand, you know, her music and, you know, why she reacted the way she did, you know, when she was on stage and all that. I mean, she's a classically trained pianist, and so when you play classical music, you do just kind of expect a certain uh, type of reaction for the audience to know. So when she's, you know, in 76, when she returned to the stage and she's, you know, yelling at somebody to sit down, you know, she's, I would think that in this way, you know, on that you know, type of stage, she's um, used to, you know, like, okay, you're supposed to sit, you know, and enjoy the music. She's actually saying that before. You know, she um, took off and, you know, went to Africa and Europe. You know, she just kind of, you know, expects that type of uh, respect and reaction from our audience. But then it's like you also see, you know, different um, parts when she's performing. She's kind of standing, dancing around and having a time. And I was actually really just, you know, fascinated to see that because I did not associate that with her. You know, I kind of, you know, always think of her sitting stoic, you know, at that piano and, being all, you know, graceful and, you know, and kind of uh, stiff with it. So I was actually kind of glad to see those different sides of her. And, you know, learning about, you know, the different, you know, types of relationships she had with people in her life and then kind of how she just kind of felt an obligation to be involved in, you know, civil rights and black power and all that. It just kind of like so much about her just started to make sense to me. Mm-hmm. And she used to chill with, like, James Baldwin. Yeah. I mean, oh, my God. I wish I was in that yeah. room. Just when she was, when she would invite, like, James Baldwin and, and Betty Chavez. Yeah. And I just, oh, my God. It was sort of like a black um Yeah, salon, yeah, you know? exactly. Oh, God. That just sounds like heaven. Um conversation oh my god um but um yeah i just and also some of the contributors to this documentary it just seems like they hated her the ex-husband 
her own daughter. Um, I would have liked more contributors that didn't hate her. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, her daughter, I think, was an executive producer on the documentary. Yes. And, she was. You know, I'm thinking with respect to the ex-husband, since the daughter was kind of like, okay, they both had issues that something to her was like, well, let him tell his side, even though her mom wasn't there, you know, talk to her. Yeah. And that's... So it's like she's getting... Yeah, it's like, you know, the daughter, it's like, thing is, I can kind of understand why she would do that, because she is a child of abuse, and so you... And it's like the same way with Nina, it's kind of, when she, she's a victim of abuse, you kind of see like in those notes that she's writing, she's trying to reconcile it in a way, even if it means that she blames herself for it or say that she asked for it, she's kind of reconciling that in that way. And I kind of like see the daughter doing the same thing. And it's like, that's why, you know, this, this ex-husband of hers is like, Oh, yeah, well, I beat her in the car, left a scar, you know, but I um, put a pin on it or whatever. You wouldn't, and the scar was gone, like, the week on, like, seriously? I'm, I'm like somebody who loves, loves their, loves somebody despite, you know, their mm. faults, would not leave that shit in their documentary. I'm sorry, you do not have an abuser bragging about their abuse in the documentary about your that's why I need another that's another reason why I need yeah. another documentary by somebody who actually cares yeah. about her and is not as conflicted yeah. this is the thing I'm trying not to you know blame the daughter for that either it's like I said it's she like I said she's trying to deal with it in a way that she can too but there's also, she's, she, Lisa Simone has also made her name, you know, off of, uh, um, her mom's music. Because, you know, yeah, she, um, performs for women and she does this with, um, Diane Reeves and Liz Wright. And sometimes she does with Angelique Kidjo too. They all perform for women and, like, she is now making her name off that. As yes. Simone. She goes yes. by Simone when yes. she performs. The fact that she even has that in her name when that was her mother's yeah. stage name means that she's trying. So, yeah, she just has a really complicated, conflicted mm -hmm. relationship, love-hate relationship mm -hmm. with her mother, which doesn't make her a reliable mm -hmm. narrator. And I need somebody who's just a bit more reliable who will be a bit more even. The least I can say with her though is that she found out when she found out that her mom had um was, had bipolar disorder. At least you know that was you know for her she could say okay well this makes sense why you know it seems like she seemed to be you know one way just and then just a second later she was another way. I mean I can see her still trying to work that out though. I think as a documentary yeah. start, but. There needs to be more um, and done by a different group of people because mm -hmm. I can't. Mm -hmm. I, I want. I almost wanted to turn it off yeah. after the the ex starts bragging, yeah. bragging, yeah. and he reminded me so much of um, Jack G. Oh wow! 
Yeah, because we. I just watched Bessie too. I finally mm-hmm. had to find that. And I mean, it's like people were saying when you know when the doc- documentary came out. The manager husband thing never works out. I mean, face it, it's always this you know guy. He, I don't know, in maybe some sort of way, he does have a twisted type of love for her, but he also wants to control her, and he also is making. He's also living off her. You know, exploiting her. Yeah. And I mean, wow. Oh my God. Yeah. So. So yeah, I guess we can just. If you, unless you want to say some more stuff about uh, what happened, Miss Simone. Um, well, I wanted. The thing is, I'm trying to. I don't. I don't know if there's like a um, biography or anything about Nina Simone, but I'm. Like, yeah, like you said, I do kind of want, you know, more attention paid, you know, to her genius. Because, I mean, that's the one thing we haven't really gotten a lot of, you know, documentaries about, you know, black female genius. You know, what they've contributed. And she definitely is on that level that we um we give to people like Miles Davis, that we give to, like, Marvin Gaye. But, yeah, and Prince. And so it's like. I'm really hoping people will, you know, start to understand what this does, you know, having that sort of uh, genius and having that sort of mentality and just kind of feeling like she had an obligation to be at the forefront of, you know, moving the times along and just, you know, and just kind of respecting that about her. And so I'm hoping people will see that and they will kind of, you know, maybe start to understand more like what we have with, you know, Miss Lauren Hill. Because she seems to be going through a lot of that same thing, too. And people want to just throw her to the side after, you know, because she, you know, not the pretty, you know, hip-hop roster girl that she was when she, you know, first came on the scene. She's, you know, grown and she's trying to, you know, make her mark and she's trying to contribute something. But people are wanting to throw her to the side. Excuse me. Wanting to push her to the side. And like, okay, well, she's crazy now, but she isn't. So I'm kind of hoping you know, this will open that door and we'll start to learn how to, you know, be more, be more understanding and responsive to you, black female genius. And just, yeah, and just acknowledge it. Yes, I mean, exactly. I'm, yeah, I think Erica Badu is a genius yes, as well. Yes, she is. And she's not acknowledged nope. um, because they'd rather talk about her baby daddies or yeah. the way she looks or something like that. Yeah, they want to just put her down as a flake. <laughs> like, black girls can't just be quirky and cute and, you know, but still make a point. And make and create art. Yes. And make good music. Yes. Um, they always want to credit her producers instead of her. Yeah. But... That image that she came out with um, for the first album, um, the direction that she's been in, mm-hmm. that she goes in, that's all her. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, just more acknowledgement of female genius, just more, um, I, ju- I just want, I just want to see it. I just want to yeah. just delve into um, the artistry more. Yeah. So, but okay. Yeah. Um, let's talk about uh, Bessie. Wow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. 
One thing I can say about HBO is that they have given us some really good black cast films over the years. And I'm just really glad to see that we're getting more of these with black women, you know, in the lead. So, first of all, I'm like with Bessie, when are we going to start talking about Queen Latifah and Monique's um, um, Golden Globe and Emmy nods? Because, yeah. 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 They were both phenomenal. I mean, one thing, one of my favorite aspects of that whole film was that friendship between those two. I mean, yeah. Well, we already said we're doing solar spoilers, but um, anyway, you do see kind of early on, you know, where they have a falling out, but then that scene, you know, later on in the film, when you see Marini put that put Bessie's record on and start dancing to it, I'm like, she's so proud. Yeah, she was so proud of her. And she went. She was able to go there and kind of heal. Yeah. Um, but that's getting getting a little bit ahead, but. I just want to, first I want to say, blues women are everything. Yes, they are. They didn't give a fuck about your definition of womanhood and femininity. No, they did not. They didn't give give a fuck about your stereotypes about black women. Blues women just went for what they knew. Yes. They got it how they live. I just, they would like... Oh my God! I just I just want all of the movies about blues women. Um, yeah, that's the thing. I I mean, that's kind of one thing I I, I want more of, like, especially with the spaces that Bessie and um, Bessie Smith and Ma Rainey occupied. I would just love to see more of those types of communities, like, you know, how they uh, navigated, you know, these different spaces. Because you do see them like in drag in certain scenes, and they just go hang out with the dudes and. Then, you know, they'll be on stage in all their glamour and, you know, their really nice dresses and, you know, these fancy headpieces. And, I mean, wow. Just, I mean, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. I just loved how, you know, Bessie would be, you know, tearing up some food at the dinner table. Yeah. Um, and then uh, taking care of a disrespectful dude Yes. in one minute you know, beating beating him up and protecting some um woman in her entourage or whatever. Yeah. And then she'd go back to her food and her drinking. Yeah. And her gin. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> Lord, that was everything. Yeah. You don't understand. Like, um oh God. I mean, just from the beginning oh, where she God. was with that guy. Yeah. It's like, and he was trying to move too fast. Yeah. And she was like Get the, you know, she she was protecting herself, yeah. and she was like, you know, it was just getting good to me yeah. too. You had to mess it all up. <laughs> yes, and in that scenario, she would end up being a victim. You know, usually she usually ends up being a victim, but she just reacts just as quick. You know, you know, saves herself, and then just has to go on stage right after. Just to go on stage right after that and just know the know the song and I'm like wow I mean they did that in one take it was perfect. She embodied like this, um, the expectations that people have of black women, mm-hmm. and that you know they're supposed to be strong and be able to do all of this stuff and deal with all of these burdens and then get out and perform and all this other stuff but yeah um she was also very afraid very vulnerable yeah 
and, and we got to see that in this documentary. Um, got that scene where she went to Harlem mm-hmm. um, and was singing in front of Carl Van Vechten. Oh my gosh. That was so good. That dude was so condescending. Yeah. So patronizing about black culture. And I'm like, that's, I mean, that still goes on today. Yeah. People want to tell us about black culture. Yeah. And, people... and she was looking at him crazy. Yeah. And I loved it. I know, right? Yeah. I kind of wish they'd had more of her interacting with Langston Hughes on that one because he was trying to tell her. <laughs> He was trying to yeah. tell her, but he's like, oh, you know, he just let it, you know, just seeing, kind of, I really do love that scene, too, because you see the reactions of the other black people in, you know, in that same space at first, and they're just like, oh, my gosh, this is happening, and, you know, they just kind of, they, it's like they know why they're there. And, you know, Bessie's just there to, you know, have a good time and whatever, and she doesn't mind performing, but they just all know how they're really looking at her. And, you know, it's kind of, you know, kind of heartbreaking in that way. Now that I think about it, it's kind of like, I, f- I think that's kind of how um, Dave Chappelle probably felt. Yeah. Before the end of Chappelle's show. Yeah. Like, no, I think that like, is. I don't mind performing, yeah. but... But the way that they're looking at me right now, I don't like yeah. this. I don't like this this gaze that yeah, I'm under. Yeah, it's like he was. I think he did say you know, they were laughing at the wrong thing. They weren't laughing at what they were supposed to be laughing at. Which means they didn't get yeah. it. Yeah. They're you know some people only see the surface mm-hmm. and they're only here for the catchphrases. You know other people see the actual message beneath the um, mm-hmm. the humor. And he he saw that the audience that he'd attracted, they just weren't getting it. They were just here yeah. for the next catchphrase. Wow. So, yeah. But, yeah, that film, it just had so much going for it. And I mean, in a way, it did just kind of remind me of Like Wanna Blues and that I got to see black women, um, you know, being fully realized as human beings, you know, just everything is about them and I'm like in a way to me it kind of um <laughs> it kind of uh fails a reverse Bechtel test in that all of the men all of their conversations revolved around her <laughs> the women in there because if like if you ever hear um the brother and uh, the husband you know talking to each other they're always arguing about her everything is focused on her and it's like you know when even Pa Rainey, you know, he doesn't have any other men in this <laughs> in this show to talk to. I'm like, everything revolves around the women. Everything revolves around black women. Also, because the brother and the husband were trying to control Bessie. Yeah. Which is, yeah, fails on another level. Yeah. So. But the great thing about Bessie and Ma Rainey were... Um, they just refused to be controlled. Exactly. They were going to do what they wanted to do when they wanted to do exactly. it. Exactly. And what these men wanted didn't mean no never mind. Didn't make no never mind to them. Yep. Um, oh, my God. When she was performing in that tent. Ooh. <laughs> I was hoping they, they <laughs> put the clan scared the into shit out of them. I know. I'm like, they uh, have to include the clan into it. They, they just have, have to. to. Lord, that was that was so good. 
she shoot them out of there with their with their torches and their hoods and she went right on back to perform and i said this woman (laughs) this woman is the truth the way and the light (laughs) (laughs) she just she was just like and where was i Uh (laughs) (laughs) let me just handle this plan right right quick she was mad that they disrupted her show not even even like oh wait let me go to you no no no. i'm I'm about to perform no. no Please. She wasn't scared. She wasn't scared at all. She was. She was mad. Yep. <laughs> Just those. Shout out to. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to D. Rees. Yes. Um. For everything that she put into this movie. Um. Just the. You know, brazen queer uh, yes. element that she added to it um uh thank you for that that was that was that was liberating yeah um just uh oh my gosh just everything the way that i mean she she wrote in she wrote in that scene that um scene between my rainy and um bessie at the end it wasn't it's not something that's in yeah. Like it's not something that's in history yeah. or anything like that. But she was trying to work. Yeah. She was trying to make the the screenplay work. And I mean, even if it didn't. Yeah. Happen, the thing is, though. So, yeah, I'm glad that they got to reconcile and they still got to be there for each other. You know, Cause, I mean, we don't see a lot of that. The black women just, you know, you know, holding each other down. You know, we don't get that a lot. Yeah. And also, I'm just going to have to commend Queen Latifah, too, you know, for her performance. I mean, I mean, I watched them when they went back to, you know, when she walks into her house alone and then when she's sitting naked, you know, looking in the mirror. That felt like such an extension of what we got Viola Davis in that scene, how to get away with murder. It felt, oh my God, just like just being there just naked and then taking off all of these adornments and just kind of looking at herself and, you know, she has, like, at that point, you know, materially, she has everything she wants, but she's not happy. And she has to think, you know, it's like literally she's looking at herself like I'm putting on a show. Like, for what? Mm-hmm. And I mean. She's like, and she's like singing to herself, yeah. like, all I really have is this voice. Yeah. I have I have all these shiny baubles in this big house, yes. but. All I all I have is this body and this voice. Yes, that's mine. Yeah, and I mean, I'm like, wow. wow. I mean, and not a lot said during that scene. It's just such a quiet scene, but it's just like so powerful, and she pulled it off beautifully. Wow. Yeah, but it, yeah, I was thinking that too. I was like, yeah, Queen was like, okay, okay, Viola, mm-hmm. I see what you did. Yep. But I'm a I'm a raise you. Yeah. <laughs> well, she she could she could yeah because it was HBO. Yeah, exactly. She could. But um, it was just yeah, it was just a great, great, great piece of work, yeah. and I just want to see more of it, more blues women. Yeah. 
Um, God, I want to see Zora. Ooh, yes. I need a Zora. I need a Zora biopic like yes. my next breath. You don't understand. Yes. I need that. I do need them to do more Ma Rainey too. Give her her own film. Ma Rainey her own film. I mean, Mamie Smith. And these women who were doing the the blue albums. You remember that scene? Um, they're listening to the really explicit party album. Yeah, yeah I, I forget all their names, but them, <laughs> those underground women, I need them. Oh, I mean, yeah, we've gotten Billie Holiday. We need um, definitely more, like, you know, Alberta Hunter and these women who don't know as well. Yeah, I just, ah, uh, just more blues women. Um and yeah, I just, just this was a great job by D. Reed yeah. and the whole cast and um, Michael K. Williams oh, yeah. was awesome as well. Yeah, um, I might even have to give it to Mike Epps. I didn't even know if that was really him at first. He really he brought it. Yeah, I did not even recognize him, but I'm like, wow. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Um. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, everybody just brought their A game, yep. and um, I just I just wanted the movie to keep going. I didn't want it to end. No, it was just so good. No, I'm, I'm glad, glad they kind of ended it on a happy note and not her death. death. <laughs> but, but yeah, you know. yeah, no, wow. I just wanted her to would wanted to see her shocking more white folks. And, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I just. And beating up more clan members. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I could have watched that for days. Yeah. But yeah, definitely check out Bessie yeah, yeah. Um, on HBO. And, and um, yeah. also, also, like, if you never read, read Angela Davis's um, Blues um, Legacies in Black Feminism, which is about Bessie Smith, uh, Ma Rainey, and Billie Holiday, definitely that is something you need to read in your lifetime. Yes. Get that shit. Get that shit. Yes. Yeah. I found. Yeah, I found my copy um, when I moved, so I'm gonna have Yay! to read it. Yay! Uh, I love that book. I I just really yeah. We need another volume yeah. for today's blues. Yeah. Week. Uh, so Angie and no, let me stop. Um, Dr. Davis, please, <laughs> if you could write it or get somebody else to write it. Um. Yeah, that would be that would be fascinating just to exactly. get them um, because they've you know well Bessie wrote some of her song her own songs too yeah. so um, but you know there's women uh, the blues women of today if you can call them that um, <laughs> they have more more um, control yeah over their music. Cause um, Bessie didn't even have, um, didn't even get royalties on her, on some of her songs. Yeah. With with that with that one company she was dealing with, Columbia. Yeah. Columbia didn't want to give her royalties. Um, and that's how you know um, Jack G was a bad manager because mm-hmm. he wasn't thinking about that. Um, so um, but yeah, today um, a lot of them have more control. Yep. Um. But also when you when you mentioned the husband slash manager, mm-hmm. you know who I was thinking about. Uh, husband slash King Bay. Oh, yeah. 
she went from her father to her husband as manager. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, though, I'm still like, at least it's not her dad, because face it, her dad. He was robbing her. Her blind. dad was poison. So that's why I'm just actually really happy to see all all the Knowles women are just like really happy and thriving right now. Cause that yeah. was just uh, yeah. Yes. Um, that was two great documentaries or two great um, films yep. about black women geniuses. Uh, yep. We need more of them. Keep them coming. Yes, definitely. Um, speaking of genius. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> we have to talk about Miss um, uh, Enda Lauren and um, a great article that she posted this week um, at XOJ. Yes. About five podcasts by and for black women. So um, I just have some questions for you, Miss Enda. All right. Don't mind. Uh, <laughs> Uh, why did you want to write this uh, piece? Okay, well, as I said in the article, I am an introvert, and one of the things that just kind of helped me get through my day, helped me get through, you know, these periods of transition of me um, moving to Wisconsin and all, I started finding podcasts. Um, I think I found out about Nerdgasm or Network through Tumblr somehow. And once I got, you know, into nerdgasm, you know, kind of just started feeling a little less alone. I found black women who had common interests that I had and had the um, similar viewpoints that I did, saw the world the same way I did. And so I really, you know, got, you know, hooked in on the podcast and I wanted to find more that had uh, black women's voices in it. Um, I really do just love listening to people talk. I love listening to conversations. I don't always you know, have to be in them. But, uh, yeah, podcasts have just kind of been life-saving for me, you know. And so with this piece, I did just want to, you know, these are five of, five of my favorites that I just really love. I just really enjoy, and I just kind of have to have them <laughs> to get through my day. <laughs> And um, uh, were there other shows that you wanted to add, but you couldn't because of, you know, length constraints or time constraints? Well, one of them that um, a lot of people were upset that wasn't on the list, <laughs> um, Another Round with, uh, was it Heaven and Tracy? That one, I, I do enjoy that show. I do listen to it on, on the regulars. And, you know, like I said, I, with the piece, I wanted to focus on the ones that didn't really have, you know, a sponsorship or like a corporate backer. But um, another round, I do love them. I um, also enjoy um, another one called Here You Guesses Screenwriters Rent Room. And there's a woman on there named Lisa Bolacaja. She's a writer and a screenwriter, and uh, the rapport with her and um, Hilliard, oh, it's so it's so awesome. You know, they have fun together, and they also talk about a lot of real um, issues like in screenwriting, and you know, just really have these awesome conversations about films and things. And I just love them to pieces. 
Yeah, um, sometimes I, I enjoy their banter more than the interview. Yeah, yeah, their banter is awesome. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so I'll, I'll sometimes I'll just listen to the t- the the first part. <laughs> You know, depending on uh, who the guest is or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so okay, and also yeah, I think people who are trying to, you know, because I saw people in the comments saying, "Well, you didn't mention another round, and you didn't mention the read." I'm like, because they don't need to be mentioned in this list. You already know about them. Yeah. Most I mean, people, if you're black and listen to podcasts, you know about those shows. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely know the read, that's for sure. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I like Crystal. She's, you know, funny, she's insightful, she's witty. You know, and I, I love, love her. her yeah, her and I, I love her rapport with, and I love her rapport with Kid Fury, too. Yeah, it's like, like is, you know who they are. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly who they are. And, I mean, that's the thing, you know, why I always mention nerdgasm wherever, whenever I can. I mean, every. All black women who do podcasts now are pretty much going to owe them a debt. They have been at this for five years. They have more than 200 shows. They have kept it going. And I I just don't understand why they're not mentioned in these. I never see them in these lists of no. um, black women, black black podcasts, for one. Um, I know. And, um, like, some some of them, you know, you'll see... Okay, you'll see the black guy who tips stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he's an OG too. Yeah, but yeah. Um, Nergasm Noir is right there yeah. uh, along yeah. with him, and they yeah. should get the recognition. And I don't understand why they don't. Yeah, I mean they are run by six black women. <laughs> you know, and like I said, they keep it going. They um, always have you know really insightful things to say you know about what's going on you know in pop culture and you know societal issues and things like that and you know i mean they they started making the blueprint i was so glad that you put them first and up front mm-hmm. and center and uh um i didn't even know about blackwashed so i started listening to them this weekend and yeah that's, yeah. that's a good one that's a good yeah. show um, so thanks for that. Um, oh, yeah, I can't believe like everybody's like I didn't know about Blackwash. I'm like, oh, <laughs> but the thing is, I'm glad, you know. Yeah, because this like, was oh. that, yeah. that's what this is about. This is about you know, I guess best kept secrets or something like that that shouldn't be secret. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, like cinema and war. I'm like nobody mentions cinema and war either. And I mean, they do some excellent commentary on films and TV. Mm-hmm. Their commentary is just—I mean, I'm—I do kind of have a, a communications background, and so I did do like film studies and I did pop culture studies, and I'm like, okay, this is the type of thing I would—I wish I were doing, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and plus, I mean, um, I think one of her name is—I think Rebecca is the one. She um, she actually does get to write film criticisms um in uh, uh, more visible spots and like somebody like came after her like calling her like insignificant or you know not a real film critic and I'm like no <laughs> no no oh man I just gosh can we live I know of course it was live? a white guy who was mad that she panned his film or something like that I'm like mm-hmm. leave her alone mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not her fault your film sucks <laughs> <laughs> um so, 
Um, were there any other um, points that you wanted to make about um, black women led podcasts that uh, didn't make the piece or? Um, no, well, um, I would like to find uh, different ones. Um, we've actually been looking for a podcast, not necessarily just black women led, maybe one of color led about um, like maybe different like types of spirituality, things like weekend or paganism or things like that. Kind of want to find that viewpoint. I wish I found more. Um, there might be some out there, but I don't. I haven't found any uh, that do like book reviews or talk about books. Things like that. I would love to find that. I'm I'm just so behind in like book reading. I'm I'm not up to any of the current stuff. And, I wish I was. So it would yeah, be nice too. that someone. Yeah, it would be nice to find someone who actually has time to read and talk about books and just listen to that. Like N.K. Jemison's got a new book coming out, and I'm like, wait, I'm still. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. I'm I got still, the. I am currently reading Kingdom of the Gods. I'm still on it. <laughs> I have to finish the series, and then I probably might write write something on the blog about it. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I finished the Inheritance trilogy, but the other books that she's written, I think she started a new series. Yeah. Dream was I think Dream World is one of them or something like that. But um, yeah, I haven't finished that series. But I'm trying um, to get through this one. <laughs> yeah. So um, she she's she's got a lot of books out there. So um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm not up to date with any of the books, but you know, I started getting audio books so I can. So I can try to get through some more books faster. Yeah. See how that goes. But um, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, mo- most of the the new stuff I'm not. Too, yeah. So that's a definite um, need. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, that leads into the other question: is that you know other kinds of podcasts that you'd like oh. to see yeah. from Black women? So um, spirituality, alternate alternate spirituality podcasts, yeah. more book book podcasts um okay well thank you um for the article and for answering my questions and will um well thanks for reading it and thinking it's interesting (laughs) (laughs) no it was great it was great it just um i really think i'm with you um there's there's such a, a void um in the in this space of podcasts um, that needs to be filled with black women's voices and our viewpoints and our issues. And um, I can't wait to, I just hope that more people start stepping in. I want to see more um, comics podcasts. Yeah. um, Yeah. With, you know, led by women. Um, So I'm, cause I'm thinking that we won't have the same, you know, it won't be all about getting the minutia right, mm-hmm. but it'll, maybe we'll focus more on the story. I mean, yeah, more on you know the messages and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's stereotyping, but um, I just get tired of um, of podcasts where folks get bogged down by the minutia. Um, the details of a costume or something like that and want to argue about that for two hours I just can't deal with it (laughs) yeah 
Well, see, like a lot of the ones, you know, with women who host, um, no matter what color they are, they're, they're like general geek podcasts. I don't really think I've found anything specific to like comics or anything, but I would love that. Yeah. I, yeah. And I just, yeah, I want it where it's just women, not one wo- woman um, among um, a group of men. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And I want to see more um, um, sports podcasts. Because oh, that's another yeah. thing. You'll be lucky if you see if you have one woman on a sports cast. You'll be lucky. Most of them are yeah. led by men. Mm-hmm. But just one that's totally led by women um and talks about and maybe talks about sports in a different way. Yeah. Cuz um most of the sports podcasts they talk about the same topics and they talk about them in the same way yeah um, yeah we need sports, sports podcasts that'll talk about how awesome serena is and not try to put thank it you <laughs> and not try to compare her to like lebron james or yeah. I, if i hear one more conversation about lebron james and his legacy i'm like he's still playing yeah. let's talk about his legacy once he's retired yeah. I'm, I'm sick of that like every year they have to re-evaluate his legacy like he's still playing it's the legacy is still being written so just meanwhile serena who apparently shows that you don't have to completely dominate the entire game to win it because they said she came from behind yesterday to win her match i'm like wow because i'm always hearing about how you know dominant she was not but i was looking at my feed yesterday and somebody was like She's not in it right now. And then I'm like, oh, she's losing. But then like a couple hours later, oh, she just won. I'm like, yeah. wow. <laughs> Perseverance. Please just, y'all need to recognize she is the goat out here. Yep. Don't yep. talk to me about LeBron. Don't talk to me about Steph Curry after winning one ring. Uh, yeah. LeBron has two. Steph Curry has one. Um. Don't talk to me about AP. He's has he won a ring? I doubt it. Um, I no the Vikings are trash. Um, <laughs> sorry. I mean, don't all of these. I saw a post today saying, you know, where um, saying Serena's, um, you know, she's dominated tennis for all these years. She's got all this many championships. Y'all need to recognize she's the best athlete. Period. Then you know. Some fuckboys got to come back with, no, it's LeBron. Yep. And to even mention Steph Curry, who just won a championship this year, who has been, who who has only recently been on a winning team. The Warriors only have started winning in the last two years, maybe. Mm-hmm two to three years mm-hmm. to compare him to even put him in the same class as Serena Williams who's been dominating a sport for a decade or more is just is, you're reaching bruh you're reaching so anyways we just need yeah we need women sports podcasts we're, we're out here watching these sports too and we peep what y'all are doing. Y'all are trying to minimize and diminish our achievements. Yeah. And we need some people that say, no, yeah. we're not having it. So that's what I'd like to see. Yeah. Um, 
And again, um, you can see all of these. You, there's links to all of Enda's articles on her website uh, at Corner Press, Corner Store Press. Yeah. Uh, dot WordPress. Dot com. And also, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, the Clarion Radathon. Oh, Clarion Radathon I've participated in about the past three or four years. Um, what I do, well, what we do is um, we raise money for the Clarion students that year. We um, set writing goals for ourselves and report on our progress. And, uh, well, what else do we do? Yeah, we... Uh, well, pretty much, actually, basically, what the um, name implies is to write, get your writing goal set. If you have sponsors, you know, someone can sponsor you for uh, however much they want to. And like I said, all of that goes to the Clarion West um, organization. And I think they are in the second week of their uh, workshop with their students for the next six weeks, and so. For that, I've set the goal to write a chapter each week on the series that I'm um, working on on my website. And so far, I'm a little behind. <laughs> but we we getting something new tomorrow, and I need it. Okay. I need it. The precious. <laughs> the precious. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So um, you can, I think there's links to that on your site as yeah. well, right? Okay. Uh, should be. So um, check definitely check out um, Enda's stuff there. If you can't, if you're like me and you can't get enough of her writing, uh, definitely um, check her out. Um, I, I also just want to say, Enda, uh, you are such, like, a valuable resource, like, online. Really? Um, just... To me, at least, I mean, your Twitter, um, all the things you do on your Twitter, your live tweets, your um, womanist uh, vocab that you do, um, um, your the articles that you write for, um, um, it's just it's just it's just great to to read that stuff and the the. Your your Twitter feed is great because of all the things that you do on there. Um, I just I, I just really think that you do a lot um, for um, to amplify um, other people's voices as well as your own, and uh, it's just uh, great to it's great to check out. So I think more people should be following you. Um, you you just get so much out of following her on Twitter. So do See, it no, at in this corner. No. Uh, no, no, it's just really great. I just really just loved, uh, it's just great to tune into your feed because it's like you're on top of everything. Like, <laughs> if I want to find out what happened with Ava DuVernay and Marvel, you know, I just need to scroll down your feed. <laughs> you got it. Um. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have curated my timeline, well, most of my social media to, you know, be in tune with, like, what's been going on in, you know, black community and all of that, things like that. So I usually try to keep, you know, keep up with everyone else. That's usually what I'm doing. But. So Boho Black Twitter, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Boho Black Twitter, yeah. 
we're running we're um almost two hours i know oh wow and, yeah so we're gonna skip um some of the other segments uh we'll do okay. them another time uh um but um i guess let's just uh do a couple black cur- black girl commandments and then we'll be out all right cool. so do you have any yeah i'm just gonna do this one well, I thought we should go with it for our first show. Okay. Thou shalt always acknowledge black girl magic. Yes. Um, What's your commitment this week? <laughs> um, yeah, that was, I think that's a good one. Um, okay. Always acknowledge black girl magic yeah. and our genius and um, yes. just our everything (laughs) (laughs) yes black girls are awesome yes and they're worth squeeing about so um again if you want to if you want to give us feedback on our show which we'll appreciate uh if it's constructive and or positive um uh inda's twitter which you should be following anyway is inda's at inda's corner that's i-n-d-a-s-c-o-r-n-e-r um, the Twitter for this show is Black Girl Squee, all one word. And Dust uh, <laughs> <Ness> Daughter. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, uh, it's it's locked right now, but you know, uh, if you want to make a request, go ahead. Um, if not, whatever. <laughs> um, so, but definitely hit up the show the show Twitter and Inda's Twitter. And um, and Twitter. Yeah, and um, we'll um, see you in a few weeks. Uh, we'll we'll talk about more Black Girl Squeeze. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.